Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk some NFL football with our friend Matt Williamson coming up here momentarily. That's good we're having Matt on because I've got a lot to learn about football, apparently, (laughs) from the NFL variety. So I'm glad. You have struggled, my friend. You have struggled. It's almost gotten to the point where, you know, I think you pick something up in Pompeii or something. I, I, you know. I'll tell you this, that I, I am not a lucky gambler. In fact, uh, a while ago, uh, I had uh, I had friends who would refuse to sit at a table with me. They, they called me the cooler because I had this knack of sitting down and, and the whole table going cold immediately. So. so just to set the record straight, you have made how many picks now? Like five picks and four know. of them have been wrong? I don't know. I think i gotten one right. Uh should we get out to the T-Mobile special guest line? T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. He's a former NFL scout, uh, now working with the Locked On NFL podcast. He's our friend Matt Williamson. What's going on, Matt? Not a lot, man. How's it going? Uh, well, we were just joking about how bad I am at, uh, at picking football games. If, if you had to make <laughs> one pick every week and it could be uh, any game, how many do you think you'd get out of five? <laughs> three three and a half and my history kind of backs that up i i i win more than i lose i'll put it that way i've gotten one one correct that's not so good no (laughs) no no, it's 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 rough so uh yeah if if you have any sheer fire winners this weekend (laughs) i'll send them your way way. yeah yeah that would uh that would be terrific um (laughs) let's let's start with let's start with the game we saw uh yesterday and uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who I, I find very intriguing because they were surrounded by a lot of hype, and Andy Dalton is a, is a capable backup, probably as capable as they come, but the defense is so bad. How many games are they actually going to win this year? They're miserable. They really are. I mean, that, that looks like a six-win team, five-win team, something along those lines. There's a lot of flaws that, frankly, I think Dak Prescott made up for that Dalton won't. And now if Zach Martin, their you know, lone good offensive lineman that was standing, is going to be out for a while, I don't know that the offense is going to be as competitive as it was before. I mean, they turned the ball over basically every game early on. The defense is horrible, so they put the defense in a bind to begin with. And then they're playing from behind by a wide margin. And frankly, now they can't make up for it because Dak's gone and the O-line's a mess. And Boy, that defense is so bad. I mean, I think it rivals the Jags as the worst D in the league. They blow a lot of assignments. Their communication's poor. And rarely do I say this, but their effort isn't very good. Well, are the Tennessee Titans uh, Austin's favorite team as good as uh, the record? Um, I lean towards yes. I have a lot of respect for the organization, the way it's been built, the coaching staff, um, the quarterback in Tannehill is much better than people want to give him credit for. But there are some concerns there, too. I mean, that defense is a problem. They're really bad on special teams, actually. 
But, yes, there's definitely a contender. I mean, they beat Baltimore in Baltimore last year in the playoffs and are one of the top six or seven teams, I would say. So let me ask you this. Uh, you know, let's let's fast forward the entire season and, uh, and uh, just pretend that the Jets are going to be uh, awful uh, all the way through. Uh, I'm going to go to pretend real hard on that one. If you were a certain Clemson quarterback uh, who was coming out in a surefire number one pick in the draft, would you consider staying? Uh-oh, did we lose Matt? He did? Did I offend him with that question? Imagine the Jets and automatically he's done. I don't think he's a, a, a huge Jets guy. No. Uh, I'm sure we just got disconnected. Uh, let me ask you that, Gordon. If you're Trevor Lawrence. Don't waste Lawrence my time with that. And, uh, and you know the Jets are getting the number one pick. Are you going to consider staying? Uh, I guess <laughs> I guess there's two ways of looking at it. The one is uh, how bad do I not want to play for the Jets and how bad is the team the next year going to be who is going to want to pick me? All right, Matt's back with us. Uh, we got disconnected, Matt. I hope I didn't uh, that Jets crack didn't insult you too much. I, I, did I didn't hear the end of it. I heard something along the lines of, let's assume the Jets are horrible. Then I heard Clemson quarterback. So I have an idea where you're going with it, but yeah. I didn't hear exactly. If you're Trevor Lawrence and the Jets have a number one pick, do you consider staying in school another year? No. I just think that's bad business as a, a businessman in terms of your NFL future. And it's a miserable organization. I think a lot of that starts with ownership, and that's a real problem. And the history, really, since I've been doing this for a living, is not good, and that's not an accident. But I, I know uh, I've been around Joe Douglas a little bit, their GM, and he comes from a, a Eagles and Ravens background. And I think he has a chance to turn things around. Whenever he gets to pick his coach, a wealth of draft picks, some cap room, dump some of the old guys, and one thing I said is, obviously the Jets are the worst team in the league, and they're really, really bad and hard to watch. And Miami just stomped them. But if you look at the Dolphins one year ago, they were just as bad. I mean, they were historically bad the first month of the season. I mean, they were losing by 30 and 40 every week. And one year later, there's hope. How good are the Steelers? They're good. I think they're probably the most well-rounded team in the league. You know, they're well above average on offense, very good on special teams. I think they're the best defense in the league, established coach-quarterback combination. Um, Haven't played a really tough schedule yet, but they're undefeated and just whipped the Browns. Um, I did a power ranks the other day, and I had them second behind Kansas City. Uh, speaking of Kansas City, they they bounced back from a loss against the Raiders with a win uh, over the Bills uh, last night, twenty six to to seventeen. The Raiders now have uh, they had a bye and they've got the Bucks uh, this weekend in what I believe is a primetime game. What are the odds the Raiders uh, topple two Giants in a row? Yeah, that's going to be a tough task. I'm really high on the Buccaneers. I mentioned that I thought the Steelers have the best defense in the league, but if they don't, that honor belongs to Tampa Bay. Really well coached on that side of the ball, aggressive, fast. So I think they're going to cause problems. But you give Gruden two weeks to prepare for them, and then you know if they can establish something on the on the ground with with Jacobs and hit a big play or two with Rugs. But my concern with the Raiders is I think their defense is a liability in a game like this, where Tampa 
as I mentioned, the Steelers are well-rounded. I think Tampa is very well-rounded too. Good offensive line, um, starting to develop a running game finally. Weapons like Evans and Godwin, who they haven't really taxed yet or needed to use, but are still out there. The Raiders can pull it off. I mean, they've shown that they can hang with anyone, but I will be taking Tampa in that game. Turns out, uh, you're talking about Kansas City, the Chiefs can run the football, and they haven't even added their new addition. Uh, is that going to be a, uh, a regular with that offense now, or is uh, Patrick Mahomes going to continue to chuck the ball all over the field? Yeah, that's a really good question because – even on opening night, that Thursday game against Houston, the first game of the season, they ran the ball like crazy. And I thought, wow, that's not the Chiefs we're used to seeing. Was it just studying the Texans, who have a terrible run defense, all summer and say that's just the way to attack Houston? Well, it's kept up. And they've run the ball a lot. They have a, they're good in time of possession. You know, that, that was something they never cared about before. And, frankly, it's helping their defense a lot. You know, if you play less defense, that's the best way to play defense in this league. And they're keeping their defense fresh, and their big play guys are making big plays on that side of the ball, and they're not having to sustain, you know, they're not going to have to be on the field a ton. But I still think that that Tiger has the same stripes as it always did. Andy Reid is going to be so tempted by the talent he has there with or without Lev Bell that they're just going to start putting 40 on people and throwing like crazy. And they still have that running game in their back pocket, but I'm not sure that's who they are at heart. You buying the Bears? No. <laughs> I respect what they're doing. I feel bad because they're 5-1. and one. It's not like they're 2-1 and one or 3-1. and one. And I think there's four or five real defenses in the league right now, and Chicago's one of them. But I think their formula is hard to keep up with in this league. I mean, winning low-scoring tight games usually comes back to the mean. It's two a time in Miami. Do you agree with it? Kind of. In that I know Fitzpatrick has a good QBR and he's putting up fantasy points for people, but he still could have thrown a couple picks against the Jets and still puts the ball in harm's way a lot and very much has a ceiling. So, but Miami's a contender. I mean, with seven playoff teams, you're sitting at 500. It's not crazy talk to think they could sneak in the playoffs. But really big picture, this is a great time to put Tua in there. You know, the bye is coming. Um, Yeah, you might be a contender to get in the playoffs, but you're not a contender to win it all this year. Give this guy some valuable experience. And obviously he's healthy. That was the big worry about him coming out of Alabama. That's not an issue right now at all. And my thoughts are, and this is the the question I can't answer, is if you're a Dolphins player and you're at practice every day and you realize the kid is better than the old man, well, you got to make the change. So my ultimate question is, who's uh, the most disappointing team in the league thus far? But might I uh, nominate the Minnesota Vikings at one of one and five? Yeah, it's a good nomination. I'm going to go with Dallas. I mean, after that miserable showing to what I think is an average Cardinals team last night, I think Dallas is remarkably underwhelming. The Vikings are a good one, though. There's no doubt about that. Wanted to ask you about how how great are these two players, both of them with local college ties, both of them linebackers. 
Bobby Wagner and Fred Warner. Oh, good ones. Yeah, I, I think Wagner. I think Luke Keekley is one of the best linebackers that ever lived. I mean, I think he's the best linebacker since Ray Lewis and overshadowed Wagner a little bit because they basically played the same exact era. I think they came in the league the same year, if I'm not mistaken. But I think Wagner is a Hall of Fame player who's still playing well that was slightly overshadowed by Keekley and was number two to a really good player for many, many years. Um, Warner, it's interesting because I, I wrote, I did a linebacker list uh, this offseason, and I had him, I think, 10th or 11th best off-the-ball linebacker in the league. And that's the one of my top 25 that I got the most feedback with of, hey, you're too low on Warner. And frankly, I was too low on Warner. Yeah, I mean, there's some really good linebackers in the league right now, but he can hang his hat with anybody. I mean, I think he's a top five guy all over the field, perfect for today's NFL. Two good ones you picked there. Well, Matt, we always enjoy it when you have a chance to come on. Thank you very much for the expertise, as always. Absolutely. It was fun. Thanks, Matt. That's a friend, Matt Williamson, former NFL scout and uh, currently on the Locked On NFL podcasts. Speaking of linebackers, Jake, did you see that the Bears signed uh, Manti Teo to their did practice they? squad? Well, that's good, mm-hmm. good. He gets another bite of, the, uh, bite of the apple. It's a good defense probably to be a part of. Playing pretty well. He didn't get yeah. that from uh, like a text message from someone. Oh, was he, he being catfished again? Wasn't an anonymous source that hey, invited him to camp. I'm now a bear. Oh, never mind. Mm. Never mind. Oh, that was some. Uh, Will that ever be have, old? No. It's you pretty guys funny. have long memories. That was like five years ago. What else is he known for? He's still playing. He, it's that and more. then some football. Wait, it's been more than five years, hasn't it? Yeah, it's Has been, it? uh, what, six or seven, maybe. Anyway, it wasn't yeah. that long ago. Rest in peace, Linnea. <laughs> I, I, how would you like to have one moment in time define you if it's something negative? Uh, it happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I, you know, uh, a sports example, uh, you know, Jean Vandeveld could have gone on to win a dozen tournaments. You're still going to remember that performance at the British. Here we go. Here we go. It was 2012, for the record. Eight years ago. Wow. Doesn't it honestly feel- feels like last week. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that long ago. Yeah, it was. Well, you got to be like, for him to, to erase that from everybody's memory, he's got to be like multiple Super Bowl champion and the best player in the league. Yeah. Like a mix between Lawrence Taylor and Junior Seau. And cure cancer. Right. Not that, just football. That was one of the weirdest sports stories ever. It, I, I just feel, I mean, does he really deserve to be deserve to have nothing to like do with that? it? Deserves got nothing to do with it. It's it's unfortunate, I suppose, he was caught up in all of that, but it was such a bizarre – it was right before the national championship. I'll tell you this. Eight years down the road, if he's still not okay taking a little ribbing from his buddies and his friends in the sports media, then he needs to really relax. And remember the weird part of that story where he kind of turned into the spin on it, right? They they were doing, like, national stories and stuff on it on national TV, like – it's a, it's a pretty bizarre story. There was there's a lot of murkiness still as yeah. to when he knew right. what he knew. Exactly. Yeah. You were you were talking about what what you needed to do in order to overcome that. Well, 
here's something that is, uh, I mean, a name that comes to mind when we think of overcoming uh, bits of tarnish, uh, Ray Lewis. He had to win a lot. And uh, I suppose he was never convicted of that either in his defense. Now, I, I don't buy his argument that uh, it's God's time. Yeah, I, don't, I don't buy his argument that he was wearing way too nice of a coat that night, so he couldn't have been involved. When I murder people, I wouldn't be wearing furs. When you when you look at him, does that thought still cross your mind? Yeah. Every single time. That and deer antler spray, because, you know, he came back from a torn pectoral muscle in like two days. He's like, hey, guys, I'm back. I'm suiting up and ready to roll. How'd you do that, Ray? Oh, I got this this magic deer antler spray that just healed me right up. Good to go. Let's play. Well, he's he's on that uh, NFL discussion show with uh, Phil Sims. Who else is on that thing? Oh, another um, terrible broadcaster. Uh, anyway, uh, every time I see him on there, I uh, I try not to judge people, but the thought does bounce around when I see him. Well, I mean, great, it's a great player, great player. Is it judgy to have a controversy leap to your mind, especially one that involves a murder? Uh, I can't. Who yeah. was the? Who was his running back? Who was running drugs? I can't look at him without thinking about that either. Guy from Tennessee. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Jamal? No, no. I we shouldn't slander anybody. That was a yeah. BYU running back. Oh, Lewis. Ray Lewis, uh, Jamal back. Lewis, Jamal yeah. Lewis, yeah, yeah, the guy from Tennessee, yeah, not Jamal Willis, friend no, of the show. right? That's what I'm saying, yeah, BYU not, legend. not BYU legend, Whew. Jamal Willis, close one. <laughs> Appeal to first, yeah, we, we're good. Which we're, check swung that? We're okay. All right. How, what would you do if you if you were if so, Jake Scott? Now you share that name with a with a Hall of Fame uh, safety. But I'm just wondering what what happened. Well, how would you feel, Jake, if you were tied to a a criminal? Or, or yeah, if someone? I was the voice of the Baltimore Ravens, Jerry Sandusky, I'd be bent out of shape. <laughs> I'd be I'd be really bent out of shape. I honestly I just, think I'd change my name. I really do. I think I, you know, I'd be like, you know what, I'm going with something else because I could be the best broadcaster on this planet. And nobody's ever going to think about me when they hear the name Jerry Sandusky. I'd go with something else. Jerry Sands. After all your years? Seriously. If something like that were to happen to you now, you would change your name? The guy still gets stuff on Twitter where people tweet at him like, oh, how dare you? You're the scum of the earth and all this stuff. And he has to be like, I am not that Jerry Sandusky. Sure I you are not that guy. Sure you aren't. He he was getting stuff like I can't believe they let you have Twitter in prison. And he has to be like, they gave you a play-by-play gig, and their names are even <laughs> spelled differently. It is. He's a G, and the bad am, one's a J. Right. I mean, when it's that infamous, you've just got to scrap it and change your name. So a lot of Theodore Bundys that changed their yes, name back in the yes, day. Yes, yes, yes. Some local sportscaster in Omaha, Nebraska named Ted Bundy was like, oh, crap. <laughs> that just isn't fair. It's so weird. It's so random. I know. I, I, I admire. I'm not that Charles Manson, okay? I really admire the, the, the Miami Dolphin legend, Jake Scott, because, man, he really he set a high bar with the name, and that's so much better than the alternative. 
You know, he, he made a lot of his life. I'm proud uh, to to share a name with that man. It would be it would be very rough if it was the other direction. No, I'm AJ Simpson. AJ. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when your parents are sitting there, you know, celebrating uh, the birth of a new baby, a new addition to their family, and they pick some name that they have no clue what it might lead to on account of someone else's actions. Yeah, right. Like sometime in the in the 1930s, some guy sitting in his basement in in Tallahassee, Florida, named Joseph Stalin, had to be like, "Oh, dang it! Come on!" No, it's Richard Mixon with an M. <laughs> Please. That's even yeah. before social media, where people can directly contact you and tell you what they think. You're telling and me if I, your you name know, wasn't Jerry Sandus, if your name was Jerry Sandusky, you wouldn't at least consider changing it. Would you change your name now if your name were, were Karen? No, that's too common. If Karen became a serial killer name, yeah. I well, but Karen is, you know, that's. I don't think you should be there's naming a, your kid There's Karen. a connotation there now that nobody had thought of back, uh, you know, 20 years ago. I know, but that's not one single person. Yeah. I know many great people named Karen. So do I. Me but it's, it's that's the that's what it means now, right? So. But no, I don't because think... someone came up with the idea that that was going to have a certain connotation to it. Yeah, I. But see, that isn't still one single person. If it were one single person that just was the the worst person on the planet, and they happened to be named Gordon Monson, you'd at least consider like maybe I should just go by initial G or something. Yeah, not like not I'm... a lot of people naming their kid Adolf any longer yeah exactly and that was one single person there are some names that you, you just can't can't use anymore and it would just be terrible if that were your name when it became unusable that's all i'm saying i mean like I, i'm sure our friend jerry sandusky the voice of the baltimore ravens is not going to name his son jerry let's not say our friend actually yeah we just, don't know the guy yeah. <laughs> we don't well he's just some I, it's, yeah but it's still his name it's and why it's not a, our friend it's why it's hilarious that it's some Poor guy minding his own business, just trying to call NFL football games. So, Some other guy who happens to be kind of in the same field is is the worst human alive. And poor Jerry in Baltimore is like, dang it, dang it. So what names have been ruined forever? Uh, Even it's just, just a first name, Adolf, Lucifer, I don't know Judas. About, I don't know about first names because like Judas, like. Joseph Stalin didn't didn't ruin the name Joseph. <laughs> yeah, but Adolf ruined Adolf, didn't he? Yes. I don't know. Didn't uh, didn't uh, well maybe when was Adolf Rupp born? Well, he was born after. Why? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. He was probably before. Also, not a terrific person. Not in a, a lot not of a ways. great human. Yeah. No. Judas is out. Yeah. Heck no, Sorry. there's a band called Judas Priest. Okay. There's a lot of there's band not names a band. That... There's not a band out there called Jerry Sandusky. <laughs> I'll, actually, I'll bet there is. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what a weird conversation. All right. Stay tuned. We'll have Satan. more big show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This one goes out to our boy, you Shasta Trailer, who tweeted for a little Katrina and the Waves, who are from Europe, apparently. Austin, where are they from? From the United Kingdom. I see. Love this song. I needed this song. There's not well, a better feel-good song in I the know. world. I know. I feel incredible. And if you dislike this song, you got to see a priest or something. Yeah, something wrong with you. Why Why Katrina and the Waves? Uh, I bet the people of New Orleans don't like that name. Uh, I think they predated Katrina. That was a nice hurricane joke, though. God. Seriously? I didn't Jeez. See, I, don't, I don't think we can joke about that yet. Maybe ever. All right. Having a, a good time here, and we go with the, the hurricane comedy. Uh, good good news for Gordon. We've got some breaking news to, to bail oh, him thank out. Thank God. <laughs> Jeez. Man. Um, breaking news, according to TJ Green's uh, uh, um, or I guess this is Twitter account, he is uh, no longer a Ute running back. He is entering the transfer portal. We found out Saturday, Coach Witt said the running back position uh, is in some order four guys, Devin Brumfield, Jordan Wilmore, Micah Bernard, or Ty Jordan. TJ Green was the odd man out. He is now transferring. Well, uh, I, 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 for one, have no problem with that whatsoever. And, Jake, I, I imagine you don't either. If a kid isn't going to get the opportunity he's looking for, uh, go for it. Yeah, you get beat out and want to want to play. I mean, I can't fault you too much, I suppose. Um, it, it's it's kind of a bummer for TJ because now trying to find a place to play on October twentieth is is not going to be easy. Although since eligibility is on pause, you know he won't yes. have to sit out the year. So uh, I mean, I guess he's got that going for him. But I mean, where's he going to go now? Well, he doesn't. He can go somewhere. Well, he's got plenty of time. And that's the beauty of it, like you said. So, well, if you're know. going to do this, you're going to do this any year. This is the year to do it. Yeah, and so we'll see where he goes and, and finds a place to play. I know as somebody that that has gotten some spot duty at Utah, and people were um, were high on. But you know what? Utah's always had talent at that position. Um, it's it's no different now. So no doubt. Uh, I'm sure if you go play running back at Utah, you're expecting it to be competitive because they've pumped out yeah. a really, really yes. good ones for a really, really long time. No doubt about that. Because w- what a surprise, a running back wants to play for a team that uh, runs the ball a ton, and you don't see that as much anymore. And a defensive team that really prioritizes running the ball because it eats clock. I just, I'm telling you, I just celebrate the, the thought that a kid can transfer to go somewhere else. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. And I know it bothers some folks uh, who usually are big fans of certain teams that don't want to lose a guy. But um, I, I just think a player should have that kind of freedom. And it may something might have happened. I mean, it might be competition. You might have gotten beaten out. You might not be at the top of the list and and maybe you've worked hard maybe you haven't whatever but whatever the circumstance has been i love second chances uh for guys to find themselves in a better circumstance and right now tj green needs that would your opinion differ if you looked at it from another angle like what if this is the team running him off 
Uh, well, if if that's what it is, then 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 yeah, at least he's got he can go somewhere else and play. Okay. That's right, the way I, I look mean, at it. I've always been I've always been pro freedom for individuals like that. I I think there's nothing wrong with a guy having that opportunity. He should have it, and I'm glad he does. Uh, you know, we've we've argued about it a lot. I don't think they should get rid of the the year of sitting out to transfer, unless you're a graduate student. I actually really like that rule. I think it's better for the sport. But I, in this case, you know, I hope he finds a place to play. Me too. Because I, uh, I view it as likely, I mean, you know, it's not an accident that they, they left him off the list on Saturday. I mean, I'm not saying that, that Utah cut T.J. Green, but, you know, it, it kind of happens that way sometimes. When they yeah. say, you know what, we, we could probably do something better with your scholarship, so it would probably be better for you if you found someplace else to go. Wasn't there a time when he was looked at as a real promising uh, type of player? Yeah, I well, I don't know. That that was the word you got on him, but yet they kept recruiting over top of him. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they kept finding better players. I mean, Jordan Wilmore played last year as a true freshman. Over Are him. they better? See, that's the question. Are they really better players? Obviously, in the judgment of certain coaches, uh, you might you might have a guy who uh, who who is not as good, but uh, given another circumstance. He might be, and that's why it's such a great uh, <laughs> bit of Austin's favorite thing, revenge, I guess, if you don't look at it that way, when a guy transfers, goes somewhere else because he's not getting an opportunity, and he goes and he absolute balls out somewhere. It happens, uh, I don't know. I, I Is that what happened with Joe Burrow? Yes, he, he got beat out at Ohio State. Yeah. But I, I tend to think that Joe Burrow is the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Most transfers uh, are transferring down. Um, as opposed to, you know, Ohio State to LSU, that's a pretty even transfer, I think most people would uh, would argue. Do you think Ute fans are angry right now that uh, Zach Wilson was not uh, was not recruited? Yeah, I told, I told you I, I talked yeah. to one over the weekend. Yeah, I, I think there is a segment of Ute fans out there that are bothered that they recruited Jack Tuttle and not Zach Wilson. They should be, by the way. Yeah. That's a that's a legitimate criticism. But now, sometimes sometimes you're wrong, man. These the Utah coaches have been really good at dialing in on either diamonds in the rough or guys who are who may might have been a three star, maybe a two star, maybe a four star, who are pretty darn good. They've been real, they've had a, a good track record in that regard, but they missed on that one big time. Yeah, they did, and and I. But, Bear with me here for a second. I'm not comparing Zach Wilson and Justin Herbert per se. But Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert was the Eugene guy who grew up being a Duck fan Mm -hmm. and wanted nothing else in his entire life than to to go play for Oregon. And he wasn't that highly touted coming out of high school. And the Ducks could have easily missed on him because they got tempted by some overhyped stud out of Southern California. But no, they, they didn't miss on the guy in their backyard who grew up being a Ducks fan. You know, that's you could say the same thing about BYU. They can't miss on John Beck, who spends his entire childhood wanting to be a BYU quarterback. For a while there, they didn't. They weren't really weren't recruiting him that hard. Drew, that's true. Mm-hmm. Was uh, Max Hall was he committed to Arizona State before he went to BYU? But the yes. point is that that if you've got a, an NFL quarterback that grows up in your backyard and wants to play for your team, then yeah. you should probably recognize that. 
But Jack Every Tuttle was the, the stud from Southern California yeah. that was the can't-miss guy who now can't even get on the field at Indiana. So, Who do you think was often, a – sorry. Who do you think I recruited want, Jack Tuttle? Who was uh, the coach It was Roderick. Okay. Because after Roderick left, there was Wasn't some – Wasn't Dave Christensen? There was some question about whether he was going to say – no, it was definitely Roderick. Okay. Do we know that he really is not a talented guy? Who, Jack Tuttle? Yeah. Again, you can't get on the field in Indiana. I don't know how good you are. Certainly not what you were projected to be. I mean, Indiana is not looking at a stud quarterback on its sideline and going, you know what, we're not going to play you. We know you can make our team better, but we're not going to play you. It's important for for folks to know that sometimes – the guys who are evaluating and throwing out all these stars and doing the recruiting, sometimes they do miss. A lot of times we've seen. We've, well, we see that even at the NFL level or high school. So it, I, I, high school makes it even worse because the people making the evaluations are, in a lot of cases, not qualified to make those evaluate, evaluations. And then you get stars based on who offered you, which is weird. So no wonder Alabama gets so many five stars, because if you're offered by uh, Alabama, you're automatically a five star. I mean, like the whole system is really stupid. But I assume that uh, the youth coaches went down and got a look at, at Tuttle on the field. I I would guess so. I mean, they got caught up in something, Gordon. I I, I don't I think know. about Jake Heaps. I mean, he was super highly recruited. He could right. have gone anywhere in the country. But but Zach Wilson played at Corner Canyon, and his dad was on the team. How can you I miss think, that? I wonder. I wonder how often that happens. I wonder how often the local kid is downgraded because he's the local kid. I bet it happens more than you think. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll get to the Not Sports Report coming up next. I want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. In fact, Gordon, uh, just an example that popped into my brain of what you're talking about, Brent Guy refused to recruit in Utah and recruited all out of California because, oh, a good D1 football player couldn't possibly come from Utah. Well, a lot, and, and all the schools in Utah missed on, like, Aaron Falk. Not Aaron Falk, I'm Aaron sorry. Falk. Luke Falk. Sorry, Aaron. I know, but he wasn't really a grow-up Utah. Didn't he move to Utah randomly in, like, his junior year or something? No, he was he was from here, and then he I think he went down and played one year down in California, but uh, came back here, played in Logan. Uh, our our boy, crack reporter Austin, saying moved here as a junior in high school. Which yeah, but he what, was here before. He was here before that. From what age to what age? From six months to up, three did, did and a half. Did he grow up here in Utah? I, I don't think I, so. I believe he missed the high school transfer window and didn't even start. And so then he went to Logan, didn't he? Yeah, it's something like that. I thought he was from here. You can look it up. Let's see. Falk was born in Logan, Utah, moved to California, where he attended Oaks Christian School in Westlake Village. That was just for a year, wasn't it? Depends on what age, though, right? I mean, if he's there when he's 16. Prior to his junior year, he moved back to Logan and attended Logan High School as a senior. He threw for 3,618 yards and 36 touchdowns. And even though but those numbers you just read, even though he, let's say he did uh, transfer the day before the season started, you throw for 3,000 yards, you got to get a little uh, attention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, yep. we'll get to uh, Not Sports Report coming up next. Bowler at 5, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. 
Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Riktar och dunder Magiska under Plötsligt en dag har det hänt Oh, All right, it's the big show on the Total Request Tuesday. Welcome back. Total Request Tuesday, songs about Europe. We'll get to the Not Sports Port in one sec, but you, okay, you've got to explain that to the listener, Austin. Uh, so our, our friend Bill Bob at Nuclear underscore Knee on Twitter suggested this song. It is his daughter's father-in-law and his two brothers Winning Eurovision 1984 with this song, what is it called? Diggly, Diggaloo Diggly, I think is the name of the song. <laughs> and it won a contest? It won Eurovision 84. Yes. Wow. And he said he could probably get them live on the show. Wow. So, Tell you what. Remember when we did that one bit about uh, famous people listening? Bill Bob, Bill Bob and his family are currently sitting his, in the lead spot. His daughter's father-in-law and his two brothers who live in Sweden. <laughs> there are claim to fame here on the big show. All right, it's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, by the way, Bill Bob now surplants the guy who was on the news once. Remember that? That was, <laughs> oh, our, yeah. that was our previous victory. Who, uh, was our, who was our most famous guy? Jeff, who was on the news was once. the guy who was on the news once. What, what, really? That was the best we yes, did? Yes, that was the best we did. You don't remember? Uh, yeah, I remember that, but I was hoping there was someone else. Obi-Wan Kenobi called in. But I don't know if that counts. <laughs> Should we revisit that? For no, a we don't need to. We're, we're <laughs> up so against funny. it. Bowlers coming out of the top of the five o'clock hour, and and Lord knows Gordon has like seven stories True. to tell. So we should probably get on. I just have one, but uh, I, I will uh, I, I will proceed here. What I have in front of me is a list of the most annoying songs of all time. Okay. Uh, let's see, Help, Revolution Number no, Nine. No. <laughs> Uh, no. What the else? Beatles I mean, are worse than Limp Biscuit. Uh, nope, see nope, here. nope. There are no Beatles songs here. But let me start. Let me just go. I'll go from eleven down because I was going to go ten, but that's too cliche. Norwegian so let's Wood. Go eleven. Number eleven on the list. Mambo number five. Should be closer to the top. Number ten. Take My Breath Away by Berlin. Oh, what? love that. Love I that just song. heard that on the radio today and thought, oh, I miss Gordy Chiesa. Isn't that the song that was Berlin. in Top Gun? Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Who wrote this list? That's a terrible uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Number nine is Photograph by Nickelback. Not by Paul Simon. Oh, that's Number eight. Chrome. Sorry. <laughs> Number eight, my heart will go on, Celine Dion. Amen. That is that should be number one. Number seven, don't worry, be happy. Oh, boo! I love that song. You wrote this list, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. It's lost nope. all credibility. I think it's mental philosophy. Who did this? Uh, number six, who let the dogs out? The Baja Men. Okay. I always thought that should be our national anthem. <laughs> On the gold medal stand. Because I think it'd be funny, yeah. It's, it's like like the little tear coming out of the, the swimmer's eye as the American the, the stars and stripes are raised and in the in the background we hear Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? 
Ladies and gentlemen, the national anthem of the United States of America. Please rise. I'll tell you one thing. You couldn't stand on that podium without tapping your toe, huh? All right. What's next? Number five. One week, bare naked ladies. Oh, I love that song. That's terrible. This it's been one week since you looked at me. This list stinks. Number four, Macarena. Okay. Number three, We Are the World. <laughs> What's wrong with We Are the World? Uh, I don't know. I'm just reading the list here, man. I didn't like that song. And the part that Michael Jackson wanted to put in there was like the worst stuff of all. And I think the other artists voted him down on some of that. Number two, My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. No comment? Yeah, never really my thing. They're right. That that should be on there. Yeah. Number one, and I, I like this song. We Built This City by... Uh, by Starship? Starship? Yeah. It's a, ter- it's, a, it's a terrible song. I don't know Why? if it should be number one, but it's not a good song. What's the matter with this song? I don't know. Listen what does it, it mean? And and also, by the way, to, to think that the band that did this was once Jefferson Starship, which or Jefferson Airplane, which was an amazing band, to sell out like this makes it even more like insulting to go from what everyone said they sold out all they did was uh they they blasted farther into outer space this this sounds like a song your little 11 year old brother wrote in the basement in the summer this is not good it's not but but to go from kind of a a counterculture hippie like actual talented band to just cash it in and go full into the 80s pop spin is is just offensive I like this. Now we're getting, now we're getting somewhere. Oh, why do Why do everybody hate the Macarena so much? Come on, let's all do it. Bowler, everybody. Bowler joins Join us in. next. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty yeah. the zone. Uh huh. Moving. Yeah.